The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. This morning, I just want to encourage you and build you up in faith because I think there is a move in the, in the body of Christ that's coming and we need to get ready for it. And quite often throughout our life already, he's been preparing for us. So I'm continuing on with the Olympic theme and I've sort of linked in the points I want to touch today with what an athlete may do training. Beth may want to challenge everything I just say, but it's, it's how God has trained me. So I want to entitle the message, you eventually have to run. If you're an athlete, I mean, you may be a boxer or something else, but you've eventually got to get up and do what you've been called to do. And as a Christian, you've been called to do something as well. So the Olympics have begun. We are God's Olympians. So let's work out how we can do what God wants us to do today. And I'm really hoping that through this morning's message, something may be birthed within you that we're going to release to God. Because I think life has its challenges. The challenges do prepare us for what we've got to do. And we need to see them as something positive in our life rather than bringing us down. So let's just begin. Life is like more the hurdles than I think than a straight run. We run around for a while and then something comes to for us to either jump over or trip us up. And, and we all know, we can all identify with the things that trip us up. And, and we've got to get to the stage where we look at those things not as a bad thing. Yes, there's pain, but pain can train. And Olympians will tell you that. How many hours do they get up and run? They get up at times that I never do, early in the morning, they get up and they run and they practice and they get muscle tears and they get strains and they get all types of injuries, but they don't sit down and let it be the end of them. They push through that to achieve the goal. Now let's have a look at life. Gee, I wish life could just be easy, but it's not. Hand up here if you haven't had some struggle or pain in life. Good, I'm talking to all the right people then. I've had my fair share of pain. I don't particularly want any more. I'm hopefully I've learned all that I need to through the pain I've gone through so I don't have to have any more, but that's really not reality. I think it's a case of let's use the pain to teach us something about ourselves and about our God who is so good so that we can run the race that he has called us to. So pain is not necessarily a bad thing, even though we want to work, uh, even though we want to sort of not have it. But it is a, the pain of an athlete. It builds them strong. It gives them strength. It builds their muscles. It keeps them going on. They learn what to do right. They learn what to let go of. And so do our pain in life. They help us to grow our faith. You know, I wouldn't realise how good God was until I had some pain in my life, until I went through the hard times. Then God shows us truly how good he is. I wouldn't understand how much faith I had because when everything's going well, it's very easy to praise God. It's very easy to just put him up on the throne and think your life is wonderful. But can you still do that when it's hard? So we need these things to show us what we're built on and what we've got inside so that it can come out into the life that God wants us to have. So let's have a look at this scripture, Hebrews 12, 11 to 13. Um, I don't know if it's going to pop up, but I'll read it to you. 
Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that is set before us... um, set before him, endured the cross, despising the, str- the str- shame, he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. So we can see that God has got this great cloud of people who have gone before us who are cheering us on. The one thing I wish God had done was get more women to write the Bible. (laughs) And you may think this is funny, but we get a very male-orientated Bible. Here are the facts. I would love to know how David really felt, how Noah really felt, how Moses really felt when he was going through the hard times. Because they're how we feel when we go through the hard times. And sometimes when we read these heroes of faith, we forget they feel things. We see, we can read the story of Joseph in, you know, a half hour sitting. But we, how would you feel as a 17 year old boy thrown into a pit by your brothers? You know, there is that rejection. There is that hurt. How would you feel as Moses being told that actually you've been raised by somebody else and they're not your parents? How would you feel, um, you know, Paul being whipped and, um, you know, thrown overboard into the sea and rejected? All these things that they've gone through, we go through today. So we need to stop sort of sanitizing the Bible and realize that they were real people with real feelings just like we have and they had to get up and get over them. So that's why they cheer us on. That's why they're the cloud of witnesses saying, I see you fall, I fell too, but I know you can get up and get going. So we need to be people who understand there is a cloud of witnesses cheering us on. So... We need to sort of inject a bit of femininity into these stories so we can have the emotions that need to be there. The other thing we need to realise is that the the word is telling us to lay aside every weight. Now, weight aren't sins. We all know what sins are. They're the things that we're told not to do because they actually will cause us harm. But what is a weight? What are these things that come in and weigh us down? Well, they're the hurts, they're the pain, they're the unforgiveness, they're the um, rejection. They're all those negative things that we carry around. And under here, there's a whole lot of bags over here. So you could imagine if an Olympic athlete has to run with this on his back, these in his hands, and he had to run his race. He's not going to get very far. He's going to become very burdened down and... We're told to let go of them. We're told to let them go. We've got to let go of our pain, our rejection, our hurt. We have to let go of our unforgiveness. We have to let go of the bitterness and the pride that comes because they slow us down from the journey that God has got us. So we have to lay them aside. And it's not easy. And I'm not trying to make light of anybody's pain. If I had heard this message five years ago, I would have looked at you and thought, really? You haven't been through what I've been. How dare you tell me that? But this side of it, I can say, 
there is an answer and you don't have to carry them forever. So you can let them go, let them go and let God. So in me, be mindful of the weights and let them go because you have to run this race with endurance. It's a marathon. It is a long race which we need to be running for God. And there's a real reason and I'll get to it why we need it. The other thing is if you're having trouble, look to Jesus. It says consider him. He carried those weights on the sin, on the cross. He took that shame. He took that bitterness. He took that rejection. He took that unforgiveness. He took it on the cross so that I can, he can say today, I've got it. I've got it for you so you can let it go. Because I know if you let it go, you will run the race with endurance. You will run and you will do great things for me. As I said, five years ago, I couldn't see myself doing this. This to me, as I said, is very surreal. I can't understand how God has managed to get me from the crumpled mess that my beautiful daughter and wonderful mother had seen five years ago. And if I got them up here, they would tell you that five years ago, they would doubt that I'd ever get up here. But God does so many good things by taking our weight. But you have to let them go and let God. You have to take them to the cross and place them there because Jesus has already borne them so you don't have to. And you need to let it go so you can run the race with endurance. So so consider Jesus because the last line is a real key. It says, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Your soul is the part of you that thinks, that feels, and makes decisions. And that's the part Satan will go for. He can't attack your spirit. That communes with God. Once you're born again, your spirit is made alive, and it communes with God, and it gets strengthened. But he will attack your soul because your soul can keep you in bondage. Your soul can keep you down. Because if somebody five years ago said, could you go and preach, my soul's going, no, it's broken. You can't do that. And I'm quite happy to submit to it. But now I just think, soul, I get to preach and it has to be happy about it. So it supports what my spirit is, is, is leading me. It supports what God tells me. It tries to every now and rise up and tell me I can't, but it now has to do what my spirit tells, tells, tells it to do. So you need to discipline your spirit, your souls, just like an athlete needs to discipline its body. It, I could imagine every morning at four o'clock when the alarm gets up, goes off to get up to go for a run, you'll be lying in bed going, no, not today. No, I can't do this. But you say, I want the prize, so I'll get up and do it. So we as Christians need to say, I want the prize of God. I want that, so I'm going to get up and do this, regardless of how I'm feeling. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, it says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do not... Um, they do not compete for a, they, they run to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. We need to run. 
We have to run. God has called you to run. There's a special purpose in each of you that God wants you to run and go and get. But you have to discipline yourself. You can't sit down and just allow every thought to carry you away, every emotion to take you away. You need to run. Our prize, and the prize that I want, it's imperishable. It's when I get to heaven, I get well done, good and faithful servant. And if I can get that, I will consider I've had a great life. And don't let Satan rob you of it, thinking that you're not good enough or your fears or your insecurities that want to tell you you can't be there you need to run you need to prepare yourself and get up and run and the way we prepare ourselves is by sowing into God have a great relationship with God he is so good he is so faithful he is so wonderful So have a relationship that's growing, that is active. Don't neglect to stir up the word by reading it every day, by spending time in his presence, by allowing his Holy Spirit to commune with you every day. That's how I run this race, not in my strength, but in his. And each day you do that, you get a bit stronger because you realize that it's not my strength I'm living in. I don't do my life in my strength. I do it in God's strength. So every day that I get up and get get ready for work, I thank God for his strength in my life that day to do what he needs me to do. So we run in his strength. And that's why I can tell you today, you can get up and do it. His strength is endless. He says he is the omnipotent one. That means he has power and strength for everybody and everyone's needs. And he's got it for your life today. So Draw aside to him, strengthen yourself in him and allow that strength to carry you through life and run. Run so that you can get the well done, good and faithful servant. Get Run so you can get that imperishable crown because when we get that crown, we can give it back to Jesus and glorify him. So run with Jesus. So let's be people who train ourselves. So I've got five little points which we're going to look at. The first one is, An athlete needs to be trained or in the world you will have trouble, allow the Holy Spirit to become your coach. In the world you will have trouble. Jesus tells us that in John 13, 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. When I was saved a long, long time ago, the one overlying message that seemed to come through church at that time was get saved and then you can live in this wonderful Christian bubble where everything will be wonderful. And for so long I lived in that bubble and then when things started to go haywire, I'm thinking, huh, this doesn't sound like the theology I was told in church. But they tended to admit that verse, in the world you will have trouble. We live in a broken world. Satan roars around this world deceiving and because of that there are a lot of hurting people who will hurt us. Sometimes we make wrong decisions and that hurts us but we are going to have trouble but here's what Jesus said, I have come and I'll give you my peace. You know the word peace does not mean the absence of trouble. The word peace means staying calm in the midst of trouble. And so we've got to see this trouble that comes not as something that that disturbs our faith, 
but helps us to relax and know that God's got it. If Pastor John has drummed something into our heads this year, it would be that God's got it. So we can stay at peace even though there's trouble. And I know that's not a hard thing to do, but God has got it. We need to stay in him in peace. So we need to... Um, just like an athlete, they get trained. They get have to go to the gym and pull weights. They have to get up and train and do laps. We need to understand the trouble that comes upon us may not have been sent by God. That's a whole other theology that takes hours to explain. But I just want you to know, don't look at pain like God is look, letting you down. He may not have sent it, but he will walk you through it. You know, in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. He is with us through it. So cling to him. Let us be, let us use that pain to help us train us to become more of who God wants us to be. Sometimes pain helps you let go of things. Sometimes it helps strengthen you. Sometimes it gives you an empathy for the rest of the hurting world that's out there. But pain is not as evil as you think it is, even though it's horrible. And that's the only way I can explain it. Just remember that Satan wants that pain to derail you. And he wants you to get that pain, look at it and pull back. And stay here and try and work it out and just stay tucked in neatly into it. But God's saying, no, come through it. Just remember that Satan wants to kill, sorry, steal, kill and destroy. And if he can't steal your salvation, he will try and destroy your future. So when the pain comes, don't let it destroy what God wants you to do. Accept it in God, trust him through it and allow him to use it to push you further than you thought you could go. Look, when I was, as I said, born again, started my journey, I, um, I went through a tragedy where I lost one of my children. And I sit there and I sat there and I went, God... How could this have happened? Why did you allow this to happen? You know, it doesn't make sense. And he just said, stop thinking about it. Don't worry about it. And, And that's really hard to turn your mind off. But what it taught me was how good God is. Because he came in and wrapped himself around me. He was the one that lifted me up. He was the one that came and gave me hope. I would, at the time when I lost her, I had moved 600 miles away from the family. So there was no support system but God. But he taught me his love. He taught me his goodness. He taught me that I never had to be alone because he was always with me. So as hard as it was and as hurtful and crushing as it was, God came in and put his joy back in, his his back in. And I know I've got a beautiful daughter in heaven that I can spend eternity with. So he brings in hope even in the worst of circumstances. So Satan wanted to derail me. What I didn't realize was where God had moved me was an opportunity for me to run a Bible college. And if I had stayed in the pain and if I had stayed thinking God's mean and he's cruel and he's taken away my daughter, I never would have run the Bible college and touched so many people in that area for him. So Satan, I think, knows better about our future than us. That's why he tries so hard to stop us. Because if he had shut me down then, I would have missed an opportunity to serve God. So in the midst of your pain... Just think, what am I going to be doing at the other side of it? Because God has got this purpose. Athletes are trained, so must we be. The next point, 
An athlete may have to shed a few kilos to compete or we cannot run with the bags. We've got to drop them. You can't run through life baggage down with all this on top of you. You can't do it. It's too tiring. It is so hard. If you've ever been trapped in the spiral of bitterness and unforgiveness, it is just exhausting to keep on thinking hateful things about other people. It is just slows you down. It just, oh, look, let it go. To me, after walking through unforgiveness and walking through bitterness, all it does is punish me. It doesn't punish anybody else. They're off living their life. Let it go and let God's freedom come in and wash over you. You've got to drop the bags. You have to if you want to go on. And God wants to take them from you. It's not like if I drop them, they're going to stay there. It's like God's following me and he'll pick it up and he will deal with it. When I release them, God can then deal with them. So we need to be people who are prepared to drop the bags. Now, if you've just gone through a massive tragedy, I'm not trying to lighten or belittle what you're going through. And it may be a time where you need to sit and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and restore. But some of you that have been carrying around baggage for years, now it's time to drop it. Can I just say, I really sense today that the Holy Spirit is in this place to take care of those for you, to let, to tell you to let it go and trust that the Holy Spirit will deal with them so that you can be free, so that you can run in all that he wants you to run. Lose the kilos, lose the baggage, and then start running in him. The third thing I want to say is eventually every athlete has to compete. He puts his eyes on the prize or why we need to let go of the burdens to see the purposes of God. Can I just say there's a video that I want to show now about a runner who was trained and she was pitted to be the winner of this race. She was the one that was going to... um, take gold and represent her country in the Olympics and this is what happened at a training session that she was in. So they're really relying on getting a lot of points from her this she's weekend. She's the one in front. She's just coming by Fond Door now in the home stretch heading into the bell lap. Gordon and falling down gets up quickly but that's going to cost her. Lucky she wasn't injured. Her teammate just went to the front though so they may be able to recover from that. And Dorden is flying down the back she stretch. Is she catching is up. She is going to catch Fondor, and she may catch the leader. Wow. Well, she's got fun. This is a gutsy effort by Dorden. Just because you fall doesn't mean you can't get up and win. Just because you fall down or something bad happens to you does not mean you can't get back up. This girl, she had her eye on the prize and she thought, I don't care whether I fall down, I'm just going to put in extra effort to show everyone I can still do this. That's the message of God to you. He knows your hurt. He knows your pain. He knows what you've walked through. But he also knows that if you will give it to him, you will get back up and you will go further than you ever thought you could. You will win the prize. You will get up and do great things for God. And can I just say, I know what it's all about. I'm not talking about things that I have no idea. I was down for the count at one stage in my life and God said, no, you won't. 
you will get back up. And it's been a long journey, but I'm back. And because I'm back and because I've got my eye on the prize, I've seen a greater revelation of what God, what God wants to do with his body. Because every day now is an exciting day in God. Because my eyes are no longer on me and my hurt, and that's all I can see in life, I now see people. A couple of months ago, I was in a, a meeting at work, and as I walked into the building, it was sort of like walking through those glass doors, and there were people in the, in the building, and I started to see shafts of light come down upon certain members. And I thought, God, what does that mean? He goes, Note those people. And I did, and I looked around who the shafts of light were were hitting. And he says, go and look after them. Go and look after them. They're hurting. They're broken. They feel what you felt. Go and give them hope. And so I've started to get around these ladies and I've started to build them up and I bring them over to the house and I cook them dinner and I make them feel special and help them on their journey. We have to help the broken world. Governments do not have the answers for Australia's problems. We do. We, but we have to start getting our eyes off ourselves and start being the arms, the voice, the feet of Jesus in our world. I used to work, get up every morning and go to work, do my job and come home. And I think, gee, I've got another 40 years of this. It can be pretty boring. But now I get up and think, okay, God, what am I going to do for you today? What am I, who am I going to run across today that you want me to impact? Who do you want me to give a word to, word to today? And it is amazing that each day I'm doing life with God. I still go to the work exactly the same place, but now it's exciting because every day I get up and there'll be students, there'll be teachers, there'll be staff that are hurting, that need somebody to come past and say, God loves you. Here's the, what God wants me to tell you this day. Here's what I think that, you know, can help you along your journey. And people are noticing a different. I have people who want to actually be with me because they're waiting for the word from the Lord for them. And you can be the same in your workplace. You can take God into your workplace and lift the people up so that they can see they've got a father in heaven. They've got a savior who will dramatically turn their lives around. I get so happy and excited about going to work now because I know God comes with me and I know I'm going there on his behalf to touch a people who are outside the kingdom or even are his children, but they're broken and they're hurting. And we get so, I get so much joy. I've got students who come from hosts of families that are so dysfunctional and the hurt that they're carrying and to go up and be able to love them and to be able to give them hope and turn their eyes on Jesus is bringing hope to this world. So be a people who will raise yourself up, get your eyes off your own pain that Satan wants to keep you in and start seeing your purposes in God. Every one of you is anointed. Every single person here is anointed to carry the word of God into your workplace, into your lives and see a change. And if enough of us get up and do that, the Holy Spirit will move through this land and we will become the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. But if Satan can hold you back and have you see your own pain, have you see your own circumstances and that's all you're focused on because that's what he wants you focused on, you will miss the prize. You won't get up and you won't finish the race get up don't let satan hold you back one more hour from what you can do for god because there is so many hurting people out there that need what you've got they need what you've got and you're sitting there thinking but i've got nothing 
Yes, you do. You've got the living God inside of you. They need what you have got. They need to know that your words are going to bring them life, that bring them hope. They need your prayers, even if they don't believe. They need you to be God uh, on this earth for them. And he will supply his anointing of the Holy Spirit through them. You just have to trust God. You just have to get up, stop looking at your limitations, and start trusting God to take you where you need to be. So my one of the last points I've got here is an example of a cloud of witness. And I've got there the, the story of Joseph. He was somebody, and I, his story always amazes me. Because, again, we read his story in about half an hour and we forget what he's gone through to be who God needed him to be. He was shown a picture of greatness. And he knew he had something on his life. But instead of being elevated in his life, he ended up in a pit and rejected by his brothers. He had that rejection upon him. He was mistreated. He was misused. He was ashamed. He was left in jail. It was 13 years of his life from the time when he got the vision to when he achieved it. 13 years of pain, 13 years of heartache, 13 years of confusion. Does this sound like what some of you may have had in your life? 13 years of brokenness he had in his life. And this is what Psalm 105 tells us. God sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. So it doesn't sound a great plan for me, God. But that's what God needed him to do. Until the time that God's word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Joseph was going to do something great. And he had to be the man that God could trust. Joseph would end up with the power to kill the children of Israel before they were ever born. Because if he didn't get over the rejection, the hurt and the bitterness of his family, as second in the land, he could have wiped them all out with one easy stroke. But Joseph himself was tried until out of his heart he could say, you intended this for evil, but God purposed it for good. Can you say that about your hurt? I know Satan has purposed it for evil, but God has purposed it for good. I can't understand, I can't explain it to you, but it is for good and it will not take you out. I wish there were other training methods, but it is a painful process to get us to where God needs us to be so we can be everything God wants us to be. So don't let pain stop you. When Satan pushes you further down, raise yourself up. Raise yourself and lift God up higher. I find that when Satan's pulling down, I'm pushing God higher. Because the more I push God higher, the more I'm going to be lifted up too. So don't let the pain stop you. Don't let it, um, don't let him rob you of your purpose. Here's what your purpose. If you're ever doubtful about your purpose, it's actually found in 1 Peter 2.9. You are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his light. You are his special people. You are his royal priest. You are all that God needs you to be to carry his anointing into the work. You are 
And you need to look in the mirror sometimes and think, I am that. I am God's chosen person. I am God's royal priesthood. The priesthood carried the anointing of the Holy Spirit to set people free. You carry the anointing of the Holy Spirit to set people free. So don't bottle it inside you. Let it out. And you'll somehow find that as you're letting it out, you yourself get healed. As you let it out, the healing is working on you as well as them. So don't hide back. Get up. Let God move through you to set people free. There's a story, and I heard it on the radio this week, and it was actually a lovely story that illustrates this point. There was a single mother with three children, very small children, and it was a pouring wet day, but she had to go to the shops to buy some supplies for the kids. And her car wasn't great. She's a single mum. She hasn't got a lot of money. Packed all the kids, the baby in and the two other small kids, into the car, drove to the shop, got her supplies. When she got back to her car, it wouldn't work. She went... And she, it was pouring rain, so she got her kids into the car. She would walk around saying, please help me. Can someone help me? Can someone please help me? I've got three kids. My car won't work. And everyone would walk straight past her. For 20 minutes, she stood there crying out for help. And nobody could consider her because it was wet. It was raining. We've got to get in so we don't get wet. I've had my hair straightened. I can't get it wet. You know, every excuse under the sun... You know, I can't have, don't have time. Sorry, can't do it. She got in the car and she just cried. After she was there for a minute or two, this, she got a tap on the window from this older man. He goes, and he came with her with a whole lot of food and drink. And he said, sweetheart, feed your children. They're getting upset. Don't worry. I've called a, um, I've called a tow truck. He will, you know, pick up your car, take it home. I've got my wife coming so that she can be with you and get you home. So this man, she'd never met him before. He was an older man and they got her back home. After half an hour, she'd settled the kids. The kids were, you know, sitting down happily, all dry and everything. She got to knock on the door and the man said, look, sorry, I don't want to intrude on you, but I just want to let you know I've organised for a mechanic to come here tomorrow morning to fix your car. Is everything all right? Is there anything else I can do? And she thanked him and she said, no, that's really good. And he said, well, good, I'm glad you're all safe now and, you know, and went. The next day, the mechanic came. He fixed her car and she went out to pay me. She said, no, 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 it's all been taken care of. You don't owe me anything. And she said, I will never see that man again to be able to thank him. What can I do? And he said, that man has said to me, all you need to do is keep being the best mum you can be and keep loving your kids with everything. Now, that's what we need to be in the earth. That's the example God is sending us. But if we're shut down because of our own pain, we're never going to see somebody who's crying out for help. But we are his priesthood to come in and bring the help. We are the people who have got the anointing to set other people free. We need to be people who let God be God within our own life. So my final point is this. Live like you're loved. If you truly are loved by God, you will be outrageous for him. You will be totally outrageous for God. You will stand up because you have no fear. Have you ever been in love in the natural? You feel you're fearless. When you first fall in love, you are fearless. You will do anything, say anything. Let everyone know that you're loved. Well, you are loved by the heavenly king of all heaven. So live like you're loved. Live like you have got nothing to lose because you know God's got it all anyway. So right now while we're living while you're loved, I'd love you all to stand up. 
if you have got something that's weighing on you, I want you just to lift your hands to heaven and I'm going to ask God to take it off you. And then we're going to give God a huge celebration of our love for him. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you're in this building today to take burdens, bondages and heartaches off people. Lord, and as we're standing here with our hands raised to you, I pray that your Holy Spirit will come in and do a work deep within us that will help us to let the bondage go. Lord, help us to let the bondage go. Lord, that we don't have to carry it anymore so that we can be free to have your Holy Spirit's anointing flow out of us. Lord God, I just pray that you will take the burdens off people's lives that they've been carrying around and tell them that they no longer need them, that you've got it for them, you're carrying it for them, that they can be set free this day and know your peace within them. They can know your joy within them and they can know your purposes within them. Lord God, we hand our bondages to you. We hand all that baggages to you, Lord God. And Lord, help us not to take them back, but to leave them carefully at your throne, Lord, where you've got it. Lord God, we just praise you. Start praising and lift your voice and thank Thank him. Lord God, you are great. You are great and mighty, Lord God, and you've taken it all. You are so wonderful to us. You are so glorious to us. You are everything that we need and we've got it, Lord God. We praise you. We thank you. We lift our voices, Lord God, and exalt you. We praise your name because you are a good God. You have everything that we need. You have helped us through all, Lord God, and we praise you. You are wonderful. You are glorious. You are the almighty God and we worship you. We praise you and lift your name on high For there is none like you There is none like you There is none like you Lord God And we praise you We praise you O Lord God Almighty Oh, we praise Thanks for listening to this message From Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge We invite you to visit us online At lifesource.org.au To find out more about our church And to also access other free resources